Well, welcome back, everybody, to Tech Whispers podcast. You know, the great Yogi Berra once said, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. But for those who are leading their organizations down the path to digital maturity, life isn't quite that simple, is it? The stakes are high with these digital journeys, and everyone is being impacted, including in the boardroom. According to famed MIT researcher Peter Weil, companies with digitally savvy boards outperform others in the areas of revenue growth, ROI, and market cap growth by 30% or more. This is creating more demand for digitally savvy board members at a time when many CIOs, CISOs, and other digitally savvy CXOs aspire to join a board. So I've been wanting to dedicate a podcast to this timely topic for some time, and then it hit me. Who best to speak to this issue than the CIO of the NACD, the National Association of Corporate Directors? That, of course, is the incredible Rona Bunn. The NACD is the leading authority on boardroom practices, and anyone who is currently on a board or aspiring to be on a board knows of the NACD. So, Rona, welcome. Let's start right there. And maybe just for those who have not heard of the NACD, maybe just give us a picture of what your organization is all about. Dan, thank you so much for having me here today. I would be so delighted to tell you all about NACD. NACD is the premier membership organization and education provider for board directors. Through 20 chapters across the country, we have a strong peer community of over 23,000 members and 1,750 member organizations of public and private companies, as well as nonprofits. We are the most trusted source among directors for board resources. We conduct leading edge research, leveraging our direct access to boardrooms across the United States. We provide world-class education, catering to the needs of the various stages of a board director's career, including our coveted certification. We really set the standard for board leadership. And uh, I am so happy to be here um, and excited to be able to share. Yeah, that's really helpful because times have changed. The digital world has changed. Boardroom conversations are changing. So I know the NACD has leaned on more than ever and uh, part of your growth. We're going to unpack more of that for what does it mean to uh, a current board member? What does it mean to aspiring board members? But first, Rona, I've always known you from different industries, large and small, for-profit, nonprofit. But one of the common denominators of Rona Bun is your customer obsession. How do you define customer at NACD? We know that our customers rely on NACD for governance resources that are timely and specifically relevant to their board's needs. While our customers are telling us that we're doing a pretty good job with over 90% retention rate, we know that there's still more value to unlock for them. This year, we're hyper-focused on improving experience and increasing value for our customers. So when I think of customer, I think of multiple groups of stakeholders here. I like to use the concept of big C and little C, and I I took that from private sector. Uh, But big C are by and large our members. And they are the very reason that we exist. We exist to provide them with what they need to be effective in their role as a board director and collectively as a board. And alongside the big C is the little C, our sponsors and partners. And by no means do I mean little C, uh, they're insignificant. They're very important to NACD as they help us to amplify the importance 
of good governance and practice and provide tremendous value to the community as well. And finally, I would be remiss not to mention our employees. They are part of the Little C community. Um, our chapter leaders, our volunteers as well. Uh, without their contributions um, and passion for what we do, we would not be able to provide the extraordinary content, thought leadership, and vast peer network that, that drives value for our members. Yeah, very, very insightful. And I love the big C, little C. And, um, you know, I want to I want to dig a little bit more on Rona the leader. You know, I've known you for a long time. There's a lot of people out there who uh, really have great respect for you. People have worked for you, peers. We're both part of the ITSMF community, which we'll talk about. Uh, I have four amazing mystery questions for you, mystery questioners. And I could have had a lot more, Rona, because there's a lot of people who want to be part of this. But I want to uh, have you listen in to the first one and uh, and then tell us tell us who this is. And let's have some fun with the question. So let's let's tee that up. Rona, you've worked for many different kinds of organizations from large multinational uh, corporations to government agencies and smaller associations, not to mention a startup. Uh, in your role, each one of those required you to understand technology, obviously. But how do you see yourself in the larger picture? Beyond the title of CIO, what do you see yourself as your corporate or your role and responsibility beyond technology and in technology enablement? Aha, uh-huh. I know who that is. Who is that, Rona? That's Ted Davis. He is currently my director of digital experience and strategy. And we have worked together on many occasions in various organizations. And so very happy to have that question from him. So, of course, as a CIO, I see myself as the leader of the technology organization. To be effective as a CIO, I think that there are three things that are must in this role. I must be at the table, partnered with other senior leaders within the organization to drive adoption of digital strategies that will improve our position and to drive value for customers. I need to be a business leader. And that means that I intimately understand the forces that present opportunity and threaten the company's success in achieving our goals. It's critical as it enables my ability to enlighten my peers and partners on how to leverage digital capabilities that are going to keep us relevant in our industry. And then finally, I know that I have to continuously light that path to digital maturity, but not only light the path to digital maturity, uh, but be committed to lead the caravan through the rough terrain to get there. Yeah, we know that's a bumpy ride. It's not for the faint of heart, man. And it's not something we can do alone as, uh, as the CIO, as the, the leadership organization uh, has to take that on for sure. You know, Rona, when you kind of step back and there's a lot of exciting things happening at the NACD, how are you setting your team up to have even greater impact across the organization and with your customers? There's quite a bit to that. As you know, when you commit to becoming a digital enterprise, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And people are at the top. People changes are at the top of that list. And I don't mean replacing people, but they are, there are core enablers to digital that are people-related changes, right? One, we need to have the right operating structure. Two, we need to have folks that have the right skills. Three, 
We need to have an organization that is going to exhibit ambition and ownership. These three things are a must for us to live up to our vision, which is to consistently optimize business capabilities for digital and to use advanced technologies to consistently respond to our changing customer needs. And so I've done quite a few things so far. I have shifted the operating structure, expanded our small but mighty team, and reorganized the functions of the organization, as well as implemented new programs to increase the maturity in operations so that we can focus on building the future. I also set some standards so that we could drive results in various functions within the organization, and then really started to uh, work on the talent of the team, right? So I hired new talent to fill some of those skill gaps going up the maturity ladder. And I think we may may talk about that later. Um, But there were some gaps to us getting to digital, to a digital first enterprise. And so I brought in some new people on the team. I trained the existing team members and and still continue to train them. And I do that in, in, you know, informal ways as well as formal ways of training. There's a lot of mentorship that goes in to um, really building up the team. I spend a lot of time making sure that people are okay and they have what they need. And the biggest task, though, to get my team was to show up different, right? They really need to internalize. They needed to internalize. And still, we're working on it, that it is our mission to drive digital change and own it. And the biggest thing is to believe it, believe that we can change it. When you have folks that have been in an organization for a long time and maybe they've tried and and not been successful, oftentimes when you're in organizations, there does happen to be some things that don't go right in your transformations, right? And um, it's a task getting people to, to believe it, but we work hard in that. We work to see how we fit in, contributing to the results as an organization. We look at how we personally contribute to the value. And we talk about that frequently. And so I'm starting to see that people are believing. Um, they see change and they're snapping right on and moving, moving ahead and believing. And then finally, we rebranded our team. We adopted a new organizational name. We had separate teams. There was no real name for the CIO's organization. So as the leadership team, we decided that we wanted to have something that represented our future. And so we put it out to the rest of the team to determine what that name was going to be. And they came up with Digital Technology Solutions and Innovation. And that's what we believe we are here to do for this organization. You know, so Rona, I've always known you as a change leader. You're a transformer. You run to the fire. Most people run away from the fire. It's exhausting work, right? And our good friend, uh, Larry Anderson, submitted a question. He was uh, busy with his board the last few days. So you didn't have a chance to record it. But, you know, his question is around, how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep your energy high during these, these extended transformation journeys? Well, that's a great question. This is tough work. I will not, um, not going to shy away from that. It is tough work. There's a lot of work that goes in to getting to the outcome. We got to put on our, our negotiation hat. We have to put on our persuasive hat. We have to put on the education hat. We've got to bring people along 
for the journey and get them to understand how we get there, right? And it's tough work, but I keep myself motivated on getting to the outcome. I'm really, I really can't wait to see the results and I'm focused on those results. You know, in each transformation that I've done in my career, I know that in the end, my customers are going to be very happy. And that's what keeps me motivated. So good. Keep the eye on the prize. Keep your team focused on the prize. And uh, as you say, you get in that caravan through that bumpy road. Uh, that's, how you, that's how you do it. That's good. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Larry. We, we, we appreciate you. And know you've got your own transformation journey you're leading and doing a great job with. So, uh, Rona, another, another mystery question for you. Let's listen in to uh, a good, good friend of yours here. In an environment where uh, it is getting more and more difficult to lead IT professionals and to bring really good, strong people into an organization. Uh, what are the things that you can do uh, and are doing as what I call a servant leader uh, to make sure that, one, you're getting the best people, two, you're, um, that you're allowing those people to grow in ways that they never could have imagined, and uh, at the same time, support the efficiency and growth of the enterprise that you're supporting? That's Michael Bennett. So you got a little tear from me there. You did. Uh, for those who are watching, I mean, I just, I'm not going to lie. That one drew, drew a couple of tears. So thank you, Michael. <laughs> Michael Bennett, he is formerly the CIO of VAE Systems. Um, and he is on my personal board. He asked a great question. And I'll just say, He's one of the most impactful leaders in my, in my career. Wow. He, he taught me quite a bit about, he says I'm an authentic person, and he gave me that. I'll just tell a quick story about how, how I met him. I was working down in the business in BAE, and it was not in his, in his, line of, in his um, reporting line because I was overseeing the delivery of programs, IT programs for a customer. And I was kind of in a crossroad between, you know, being, was really doing really well in my technical career, but it was, I really knew that I wanted to be an executive. This is going to be a funny story here. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to be an executive. Like, I don't know anybody in this organization. This organization is huge. 10,000 people that just in my sector, 40,000 in the whole company. Right. And so how are they going to see me? And so I was like, well, if I want to be an, an executive, I got to hang around executives. So let me figure this out. So I Googled it, Googled executive leadership. And what came up was executive leadership council. And so many people are familiar with the organization executive leadership council. It is, you know, the organization founded by Fortune 500 black executives. If you don't know what it is. And um, I was like, be a part of it. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, I can't be. I'm not, I don't report to the CEO. It's a little bit hard for me, but I'm like, there has to be some way for me to get in, right? And um, they did have a pipeline organization, but I saw that BAE Systems was on the list as, as a member. So I just asked a question from HR, who is this person? And they connected me with him. And within five minutes of him writing an email to him and connecting us, he wrote back and said, how can I help? Just like that. And within a week, I was in his office in Roslyn in headquarters, little old me, 
talking to him about my story and what I want to be. And he, he was there for me ever since. He got me into the, he sponsored me into what was then formerly known Next Gen, but is now Caliber, which is the pipeline organization to the ELT. And that experience really nurtured me and had a big effect on who I am today as a leader. So I take that experience with him and I bake it into everything I do as a leader. I always make sure that I'm accessible, that I come with my authentic self, because he did that for me and gave it to me real. And I do that in the interview process. I want, I want to get great talent. And I want them to know that I'm going to be there and I am going to be there to help them to achieve their goals. And that's how you do it. Not just about the work, right? You got to make sure that you're pouring into people and then they will pour into the work. There's a lot to learn from that story for all of us, right? And I know you're doing that for people now yourself, Rona, and you help a lot of folks along the way. Um, You know, early on, you talked about one of my favorite Rona-isms, which is, you know, our job is lighting the path to digital maturity. And, you know, a second one of my favorite organisms is kind of goes along with that, which is the CIO has an opportunity and an obligation to advance digital capability at every level of the organization. Yeah, I I believe it is our responsibility to drive the implementation of the, the competencies and the practices that we need to be able to deliver our outcomes. Uh, enabled by technology. And that may look like a number of things, right? Uh, Not everyone, you're going through a big transformation, especially if you're in an organization that has been maintaining for a while and and has not embarked on the journey of transformation. There are likely to be competencies that or capabilities within your organization that don't exist. And there may not be people who actually know how to do them. And so as a CIO, you have to light that. You have to illuminate that and provide options and some for, for obtaining those competencies. You can't hire everything, right? You can't just replace your whole team to be more ambitious, to leverage data better, to have data, to participate in data governance. You cannot buy that. You can't, you can't replace your team wholesale. So it may look like that CIO has to actually take on some of that to make sure that the organization gets those competencies. Um, And for me, it's manifested in a number of ways. I have developed communities of practice. And I can talk about one in particular that I'm really, really excited about, had really great results. When I was at the International Trade Administration, we developed data products for citizens and companies that use the services at the Department of Commerce for their businesses. It took us months to create those data products. And my team had to help in every instance of creating those data products. Uh, We had to wrangle data. We had to um, shift structures. We had to download things for them. And it took a long time. And if there was any change, it could take another seven days to actually change that. And so we put together a plan. We created a committee, first of all, we created a data governance committee and we engaged people across the business. We got them to own, together own the practice of keeping good data 
for learning how to use the data, learning how to use the tools to um, manipulate the data and to create data products. And we started with a small group of people. And I think there were about 16. Over the year, it became 116. Over two years, it became, it exponentially grew again. And then we had lots of people actually delivering their own products. And they're not just creating them. They were in, in a month, they were doing it in a day and being able to deliver their products to our customers. And so that sometimes is necessary. I mean, they, they weren't believers. It was very difficult to get people to the table to manage the cleanliness of our data, to agree to business process that would ensure that we had good data. But when they could start to see the outcomes, everyone wanted to get on board. And we, we celebrated those successes out loud at town halls so that everyone can see the business doing it and then more people wanted to get on board. And so uh, that was a great, a great outcome for taking on uh, something that um, needed a little bit of push to make sure that we get our digital uh, muscles moving. So, so much to unpack there, Rona. You know, obviously that has took time to sustain that, but you start with that pebble in the water and those ripples do, do add up. And, and over time, you saw the proof in the pudding. And, you know, for those who are on uh, YouTube, they're going to see on the screen right now some research we did that really dovetails what you just shared, Rona, is the IT maturity curve. And we'll put a link on the, uh, on our, on the post so everyone can have access to it. But, you know, we've seen these before. Stage one of the journey, we're a supplier, pipes and plumbing. Stage two, we're a solution provider on this digital journey. We're adding more value, we're problem solving, but we're still in that reacting, order-taking mode in stage two. Stage three, we break through, we, we're building trust, we're building credibility relationships. We're now seen as that strategic partner, the trusted advisor, we're at the table influencing with a point of view. And then stage four was fascinating in the research initially, which is who but IT has that end-to-end -end view of the, of the enterprise? right? How do we leverage that? How do we lift our heads up, look up and look out? Like you said earlier, how do we orchestrate a better customer experience? How do we drive disruption? How do we uh, impact the experience of our employees? So these are things that, that we would say initially, stage three and stage four was an opportunity for IT to show up different, have a different conversation, have a different impact. But when you talk to board members, when you talk to C-level members, they say, no, if, if IT is not showing up in stage three and stage four, strategic partner, innovative anticipator, my business is taking on risk today, right? So this, I, I, I see your head you know, mm -hmm. nodding, and I know this resonates with you on many levels. How do you set yourself up to be that innovative anticipator, Rona? You have to be a business leader, right? That's who we are, right? CIOs are business leaders. You have to intimately understand your business. You've got to understand the operating model. You need to know what things are going to affect uh, the success of your outcomes. I think I talked about that. I spoke about that a little earlier. But you've got to understand that, and you've got to be able to pivot with the instability, especially in these days, right, of the environment. And so you can't do that if you don't have a good understanding of your customer. You need to make sure that you are looking at that data, getting those insights, 
um, you need to be part, you know, right there with the business and understanding what things they need so that you can help them to ensure that they're going to be successful even in these turbulent times. I can't express that enough that that's what we do. You know, yes, we are, we know how to lead technology teams. We know what the components and the functions are that are going to help us, that are going to ensure that we can deliver things. But we've got to make sure that we are enabling our business leaders to have options with the use of technology. And you've got to be right there with them, understanding their problems and understanding the opportunities, talking about those opportunities with them as well. You know, we didn't have to take a year long to study this and, and 130 CI. We, we could have just sat with Rona. You could have given us all the answers, right? <laughs> get, get it done, right? <laughs> you know, Rona, we've talked, uh, both of us have talked a little bit about the new skills, the new mindsets, the new muscles we need to be able to be successful at all levels of the organization today. And, and you talked about things like influence, persuasion. Uh, I would add maybe debate skills, negotiation skills. All these matter today. And uh a little bird told me that you actually started refining those skills at a very young age. So tell us when that all, when can you recollect starting that negotiation process? Yeah. So <laughs> when I was three, my mom told me about a, um, well, she told me about this later, but apparently when I was three, my mom had to have a parent teacher conference. And uh, this is the nursery school. And apparently I was uh, taking over the classroom and I was negotiating on behalf of all of my classmates that around, I didn't think that it was really efficient to have nap time at 1130, but we weren't really tired yet. You know, we all wanted to play a little bit more, read a little bit more. We wanted to see more of Mr. Rogers. I think I just dated myself, right? But... (laughs) But uh, that was me at a very young age to trying to to make things happen. You know, your teacher was saying, you know, Rona's going to be a CIO someday. We didn't know what a CIO was back then, but you're going to be one of those someday. <laughs> so, you know what? That's so funny because um, we had a JA, Junior Achievement, and it was junior high school, I think, or elementary. And they named me the CEO. And I was like, I don't know why you all are doing that. Good brand. Uh, yeah. I don't really want to do this. I'm going to go sit in the back of the classroom. I've been <laughs> running for years and I just keep getting pushed back up there. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Natural born leader. You know, Rona, we got another mystery questioner, which we'll get to another. No, one of your skills, one of your, I, I would call it executive finesse. So let's listen into this questioner. And uh, again, tell us who this is and uh, then have fun with your question. When we were supporting Department of Justice Antitrust Division, We had a very diverse team with U.S. citizens originally from six continents and practicing around five different religions beyond the traditional U.S. Judeo-Christian religions. Did this cause you to change your leadership style and how? What were your biggest challenges leading this group? That is Jim Reed. He uh, He was my program director and he is the person I was just talking about how People just kept saying, you will leave. He was the one that said, you will take my spot when I was a technical architect and leading from behind. (laughs) But he's asking me the question about how did I handle this? He was a great leader. He was a guy who showed me the way 
to be be respectful of diversity, making sure that I I embraced that diversity among the team, making sure that everyone is included. And so I did have some challenges. Yeah. Well, for one, he promoted me. I was not on his leadership team and he said, you will lead. And uh, that, of course, created some ripples <laughs> in the group. Number two was not in that spot. And that created some, some friction. But then there was also the I am now a woman leading the entire team. Um, and it, it did take some, some work to gain people's trust. Although they, you know, they looked to me for leadership, but it was as a peer, right? I had to, to really do some work to understand people and understand where they were coming from, to make sure that I understood their feelings around it and making them feel comfortable that I was going to have their back along the way. And there wasn't, while it was a little bit hot for a minute, there wasn't a long period where they they eventually got in line and they were running ahead of me when I said, we're going after that. (laughs) You got pushed to the head of the class again. I love it. I love it. And uh, thank you, Jim, for that, that question. You know, great question and give us an insight into Rona's leadership journey and you know, part of your leadership journey, you're actually on a board, Rona, the ITSMF. And we talked about the ELC earlier, um, the ITSMF, uh, the IT Senior Management Forum. Uh, internally, we refer to it as it's my family. Don't go if you don't like to hug. Uh, that's <laughs> just, just the way it is. But tell us about the important work of the ITSMF. I love the organization, ITSMF. They are doing absolutely amazing things to expand and increase the number of Black professionals in the top jobs in IT. They also are focused on supporting careers beyond the C-suite as folks transition into entrepreneurship and board directorship. They have a suite of academies. The academies range from the Management Academy, which nurtures those and so In ITSF, we say it's not just about your professional career, but we nurture the mind, body, and soul to help you get to your goals. And so we work on um, those executives through the Management Academy, work on those executives or those very close to being executives and help them to reach their potential to get to those top jobs. There's an executive academy for those who are already in the top jobs. How do we work? How do we learn together around what's going on in our industries and how we become better executives? There's a, a, an academy for entrepreneurs. So those who are lots of folks who are um, CIOs are looking to that next thing and they turn into entrepreneurs. And so there is an, uh, an academy that supports that. That's actually spinning up this year. And the newly added academy is the Boardbound Academy, which is focused on increasing the number of C-level executives that get to board positions. I'm a product of ITSMF, and so I am a true believer, and I will work for that organization uh, in any capacity I can to make sure that we continue the mission of ITSMF. Yeah, no, I love the organization. I've seen uh, the incredible things. I've been, been, it's probably one of the most powerful rooms I've ever been in. You know, just great, great people. And, you know, Rona, one of the things that we do here in the 
on the podcast, on the, you know, this whole idea of tech for good, which is part of our part of our wiring, right? So we're donating $150,000 a year in scholarships to our tech LX and cyber LX leadership programs, nine-month programs for mid-career leaders. And so you get the opportunity today to gift a seat in that program to one of the, the nonprofits that you support. Um, any, anybody come to mind you'd like to uh, benefit from that, from that seat? Well, I hate to be selfish, but I have to give you to my favorite nonprofit, which is NACD. <laughs> I love it. Be selfish. <laughs> I, uh, as you heard me talking about, like I am really working on, I want my leaders to be at the top of the game of their game. They're on their way. I have a great leadership team. And I think that um, there are some deserving individuals that should be considered for um, your great academy. So looking forward to, to them participating. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know you've got your folks plugged in a lot of different programs and uh, really leaning in and investing in them. And so we're, we're, we're trying to be part of that uh, journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't. Thank absolutely. You. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the time has flown. It's just, this has been so fun. And I'm, I'm really glad we have a chance to uh, spend a little more time together. Uh, we're going to publish an article next week on CO.com. And we'll, we'll dive into the NACD. We'll dive into board readiness, specifically the CIO board readiness, because I know you can't go to a meeting today where someone's going to come ask you a question about, right, the CIO journey and how to get that first one, how to get the second one, right? So we'll unpack a lot of that in the blog. But Rona, thanks so much. Uh, you're amazing. I always appreciate time with you and, and uh, great job as always. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being who you are because you fit right into those great leaders that I just talked about, always looking for into somebody. And you are appreciated. Uh, very kind. Thanks so much, Rona. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolette and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.